And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. It is that time again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the drop set. Thank you, Darren. Here, um, it's uh, it's been a little while. What was it? Saturday, I guess. The last uh, episode we put up. I don't know. I don't remember. These days are a blur. I think today is Wednesday. Um, if I pull up my phone, it may correct me on that. No, it is Wednesday. What do you know? All right. Um, so it's uh, it's been kind of crazy times here for me. Um, things are definitely um, on the the business side of things. Things are definitely seem to be picking up. And you know, I, I talk with with other trainers periodically, and you know, in the industry, everybody has like their busy season, their slow season, and what I've noticed in in tracking my you know business performance over the years is. Uh, for me, it's completely random. Like I'll have really busy months, really slow months, and there's no trend from one year to the next on when they are. So, um, it's funny when things slow down, then I kind of enter this panic mode, like what's going on? Uh, and then things pick back up. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm slammed. So, um, I just uh, am slowly, slowly learning to roll with it as best I can. And, uh, <laughs> one, one person who can, who can vouch to how, how poorly I roll with those fluctuations would be my wife. Cause she, She's the one that always hears me complain about it. Like, I'm freaking out over here, but uh, no, it's all good. So um, things are definitely picking up now, though, which is great because I feel like um, I'm kind of just clicking on all cylinders right now. Um, with it, Well, not right now. Generally speaking, yes. Um, for the past couple hours, not so much. I did have a, uh, I guess, epic would be the right word, leg day this morning. Um, it was just... Whew. It was about two hours and 15 minutes, and uh, I was just about thrown up by the end of it. Uh, it uh, I was also dealing with like with, with a little bit of heartburn. Um, I took a couple sets to to failure and beyond. Um, it was uh, it was awful and exactly what I needed. And so that whole thing, and you know, I get tagged in these memes all the time. Like, I think my coach might be trying to kill me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's cute. Well, it's funny being on the other end of it now. <laughs> so I, I do think my coach might be trying to kill me. Um, but that's okay. Cause as long as I survive, then theoretically I will improve. Right. So, um, what's different though. I mean, on these leg days, you know, it's never been my favorite, but I feel like I'm just in control of it now and kind of in the zone and so I woke up this morning um, knowing I had to hit some fasted interval cardio and that I had legs coming up just a couple hours after that. And I was psyched for it. I was ready for it. And by the time I get an hour and a half into the leg workout, I start to think, man, what was I thinking? I'm an idiot. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> but at the same time, I was still kind of enjoying it. And uh, just, you know, the, the overall sense of fatigue that builds up throughout it and the fact that you're getting it done. Uh, you, you can feel that good things are happening as you go through it. I mean, that's what it's all about. So um, the the cut so far has uh, been going really well. I'm approaching um, the end of week three on it. It's been everything's 100%, no issues at all. Um, I, I said when I first started, I was going to have full transparency with it. And um, I figured what that'd mean is, okay, I'm going to, you know, because I, I post my uh, – my weekly spreadsheet tracker and my Instagram story every Friday. And, um, my, my plan was, okay, whatever deviations I have, I'm just going to throw in there. Whenever I miss a cardio session, that's going to be evident in there. Um, you know, any little thing, there's been nothing, um, which is great. And the other thing is, um, I mean, dare I say it, and somebody should probably record this and then play it back to me in six weeks. It's been easy so far. Like there's been no temptation. My, my appetite's up a little bit. Sure. I mean, there's, there's times where I'm, 
I'm certainly hungry. Um, times when I'm a little tired, but overall it's been just really easy. Everything feels automatic and I credit it to the fact that I'm starting off and my macros aren't super aggressive. They're in a deficit for sure. Um, but also that I used macros to create a meal plan as we did in here um, on this very show about 10 episodes ago where I put that meal plan together. That is basically with a couple of small revisions since then what I'm still following. Um, and those revisions have been, you know, I had my carbs cut back by about 20 this last week. Um, not a big dip. Um, I just cut back uh, one serving of something throughout the day. It was pretty easy. Um, and then it's a lower carb day on my non-training day. So they got cut back about an additional 50 there. Again, pretty easy peasy. I had a small drop in fats. So um, what happens is I get those changes and I implement them and I, I have my plan in my fitness pal. And I think like the the day that I put that together was July 12th, um, and then it took me a little while to implement it. I didn't want to start until close to the beginning of the month. Um, so what I did is I just went back to July 12th, copied everything to the current day, and then made the adjustments on that day so I wouldn't have to go back quite so far if I had a question about what exactly I was supposed to be doing. Um, and then I made a copy of that for the following day and then plugged in all my non-training, um, all, my, all my rest day numbers because there were a couple, you know, I, I changed out a carb source there, removed one. So, um, but... The, the thing is, and I had a, a couple of conversations with clients about this as well, is when you set up your own meal plan, and clearly there are certain guidelines that I want people to follow if we're doing a macronutrient-based plan, but when you set it up yourself, um, and it's actually like your plan, it's what you intend to do most, if not all days, um, you know, it, it's set up and it's something, if you do it intelligently, like the, the way that I did it, um, the, all of your protein sources are set up so that they're things that are appealing. They're things that, um, are, are of an appropriate convenience level for the time of day. Like, you know, if you've got time to spend 15 minutes in the kitchen and cook up some eggs, great. Let's put eggs in as a protein source here. If you don't, let's not. So rather than having somebody else try to really understand your daily schedule and put a plan together for you, because nobody is going to understand it as well as you. And it'll be something like, okay, well, I think I can do that. And then you can, but then it gets really old after a while. And you're like, God, oh. but when you know how to change it yourself, it's just, it, it, it's so much nicer. So I do anticipate I'm going to have to make some additional changes coming before too long. Um, but uh, nonetheless, it's been a really uh, a good week. You know, training has been solid, steady, consistent. Um, cardio has been actually going up in intensity. Uh, and, uh, the scale is moving a little bit as well. In fact, I'm down four pounds in the last three days. So it was like pound and a half, pound and a half pound today. So, um, I don't expect that to last, but we'll take it while, uh, while we can. So, um, that's my update. So things are going pretty well on that front. Little business update. So I've been putting up these, um, workout splits lately and they've been getting, uh, getting some, getting some good movement on those. So I appreciate that. I'm going to do a couple things on this and this is just, um, things to look for in the future. Um, first of all, I would love to get from people who have purchased one of those plans, I would love to get some feedback, like some testimonials that I can put up on the page for them as well. Um, love to get some additional stuff like that. And I will have a discount code in place as well. So if you, um, if you write a testimonial for one of those, then you will get a, uh, a discount off of the next one that you purchase. So I'm going to throw that in there. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, and I, I just came up with this idea the other day because, you know, one thing that, that, um, my coach is insistent upon, and I love her for this because it's, it's exactly what I need is, she really wants training video of me in the gym so she, so she can see how I'm doing things. And this is something that I am 
extremely adamant and obnoxious on with my clients and I always have been and a lot of them will tell you like god he's so persistent he always wants me to send crap from the gym and yeah because as I've mentioned on here many times it's not just doing the stuff that matters but it's how you do it the quality of your execution how much tension you keep in the muscle the pace of your repetitions is it full range of motion just what's your overall quality look like what's your intensity level look like does it look like you can push harder if so how can we do it safely that kind of stuff um it's so so critical um and so I, I recognize that. Like for me, I've been doing this for 20 years. I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on how to lift. Nonetheless, having somebody else who has also been doing it for a long time put their eyes on it and catch things that I'm not seeing or call me out on something if my form is a little sloppy or if it looks like I'm cutting short on a couple reps um, or just call, um, cutting short on the set entirely and being able to say, hey, what was that crap? That wasn't good enough. You know, that is extremely helpful. And at, I'm, I'm reliving that now from the client perspective, which is <laughs> it's one of the reasons why it's great to have a coach as a coach yourself, um, because it really helps um, put you in the shoes of the people that you're working for every day. So uh, it's, it's extremely helpful for me. But uh, I, I get great, great feedback from her, a lot of good input as well. So I'm thinking like, you know, for people who just purchased the workout plan, so I'm not working with, it'd be really nice if I had the opportunity for some, if they wanted it to give them feedback as well. So I'm going to be, um, uh, putting up, uh, a copy of all of the splits that I have online currently. That's like a pro version of the split. And that will include, um, you know, a week's worth of, uh, feedback from me on videos that you send. So you go through everything and, you know, I can uh, correct and identify form issues and then also find ways to just push you a little bit harder on those. So basically a chance to go through all the workouts once, get some feedback on them, um, and, uh, and go from there. So, uh, I'll be, I'll be plugging in all the details on that. I'm still not sure like what an appropriate price point is for that. I'll, I won't bore you with all the behind the scenes business details on that, but that is something that will be coming soon. So, um, while I have that in the works, if anybody uh, says, wow, that's a great idea, let me know, just so I know I'm not barking up the wrong tree. Um, I, would, I would like to hear about that and because you know, I, I like to be creative with my approach to this stuff, but I also want to make sure that the time I spend on these things is actually useful and people understand the value in it. And I, I think you know, the, the value in getting professional insight into how you are performing things is probably more valuable than the actual workout itself. Um, just because the feedback that I give you, you know, you can incorporate that going forward every time you perform that exercise in the future for the rest of your life. So that is a learning moment right there. That's not just saying here's workouts for a handful of weeks. Um, but it's actually teaching you specifically like what you're doing wrong or what you're doing correctly with something. So, um, the, the main topic that I wanted to discuss this week is it's kind of a short and sweet one and it's kind of basic, but I think it's worth touching on. And that is, um, gender-based differences in training. Um, just because I see a lot of things where, you know, social media is terrible for this, but the worst is probably Pinterest just because Pinterest is where, um, terrible workout ideas go and they breed like rabbits. Um, it's just awful because I mean like 80% of just about every fitness related pin is some workout to lose belly fat or lose underarm fat or something like this. And it's like, Oh God. I mean, 
I could repost memes about spot reduction all day long for the rest of my life, and it's never going to move the needle at all. People are always going to buy into that stuff because it's such a nice concept, which is why those stupid things gain so much traction. Um, Because it's really nice to think, oh, I can do that if I just do this. Okay, cool. It's it's worthless clickbait, and it doesn't do anything. So the thing to keep in mind is that uh, fat is not owned by the muscle around it. So, and you can only train muscle, you can't train fat. So I won't go off on a huge tangent for this, but you know, there's no way to lose fat in a specific area. You just lose fat and your body determines where it comes from. So that's, it's your genetics, it's your hormones, that's all there is to it. So, um, but as far as gender-based differences, this is another thing that um, I, th- I think has caught a lot of traction um, and I think is, is, for the most part, wholly inappropriate. Uh, well, Inappropriate makes it sound like it's you know uh, uh, um, you know nefarious in some way. It's, it's just dumb. I mean, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So um, the the big thing is you know well there, there's a few. Um, I mean if we if we distill it down to the absolute basics, like women should train upper body four times or I'm sorry lower body four times a week and just do one workout for upper body. Yeah, that, that's going to be one really shitty upper body workout because you're not going to fatigue anything in one session, much less everything. Um, and meanwhile, your your lower body is going to get completely overworked. And I know there are a lot of really, really popular women on social media that follow workouts like that. And uh, I am not here to criticize anybody's physique, but I will say if you train legs four times more than you train guys, you've just become the upside down version of the dude who skips leg day meme. And it's not a good look. Um, If you're all legs and no upper body, it's just a dumb out of proportion look. Okay. I said I wasn't going to judge anybody and there I go. That was very judgy. I'm kind of sorry, but at the same time, I still mean it. So eh, here's your half-assed apology. I'm sorry. Eh. Um, it's, It's, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I think there's a trend that's sweeping through Brazil in particular. You look at all these Brazilian, you know, bodybuilder types, women, um, and they're just all legs. And I mean, they've got a little bit of upper body development, but it's like, you know, they've got legs twice as big as mine, booty that could never fit in a pair of pants ever in your life. And their upper body looks like somebody was like, oh, they might go to the gym. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, they look like a top. Um, is that right? No, it tops the other way. They look like a eh, pyramid, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 not a good aesthetic. Uh, it, it's really not coming coming from a guy who's a fan of bodybuilding, which is about proportion and balance. Um, I could go on and on about how proportion and balance are not really being rewarded either, but caricature is in in bodybuilding these days. But I'll spare you that. I'm just sparing you from a lot of things. I'm touching on a whole bunch of like tangent rant material here, but I'm not digging too deep in. So we're just like, we're just like dusting the surface on these things here. Um, So that's one, like women overtraining legs or conversely, guys who always train legs once a week. Now, to be fair, if you train legs once a week and you just bring it, that, that very well might be all you need, at least for a bit. It wouldn't kill you probably to train them twice every now and then. Um, and guys, I mean, train your glutes, but you don't need dedicated glute day. Um, that, that's one thing that, you know, I think women, especially if you're competing in a specific, um, in a specific division, that, that's really where the training differences come from. They're not so much things that are driven by gender, which the, the implication there is gender-based training differences implies that there are certain anatomical considerations to take under account. There aren't. There are aesthetic conditions to take under account. So, you know, the bikini division um, has a certain aesthetic that uh, certainly favors 
um, certain body parts over others. Men's physique has a uh, desired aesthetic that similarly suggests that, okay, you can train legs less and still be okay. That's not really how I approach it with my men's physique clients, but nonetheless, it's, it, it's in line with the aesthetic considerations of the, of the division. So um, as far as anatomical considerations, um, the, the big take-home point that I have is that by default, there are none. Like if you have like a normal woman and a normal man uh, with similar goals, which let's just be very ambiguous and say the goal is to build muscle and lose fat. Okay, great. You should absolutely train, generally speaking, the same way, regardless of which of those columns you find yourself in. Um, there are no exercises where you're like, oh, women shouldn't do that. Oh, men, men should definitely not do that or anything like that. Um, with the one exception being, um, women with breast implants who, yeah, it's typically a good idea not to do a lot of direct chest work after that. Um, simply because the, the big thing is, and it depends on the type of implant over or under the muscle. Um, but every time that muscle, the pec contracts, it's an opportunity for that implant to shift a little bit. And the thing about surgeons is they put them in specific spots for a reason. Um, and so you don't really want them to shift. So I think, and, and the way that I recommend it for, um, for clients of mine who have had surgery like that is a little direct chest work. I mean, certainly not right, coming right out of surgery, but after you, you've cleared everything and oftentimes they'll want like two, four, six months of no chest work following operation like that. It just depends on the particulars of how it goes and uh, the, the type of operation as well. Um, after that, once you're in the clear, a little direct chest work is good. You don't need a full chest day. That's overkill, and that's going to cause problems more than it fixes things. Um, and I would, uh, you know, the, the main reason that I want, uh, I want women to do that is just because if you don't train chest at all over time, it's going to cause postural issues and muscle imbalances. So, you know, every muscle in your body has something that works in the opposite way. So chest is your pushers, you know, push things forward. So the opposite muscles, your back, you know, the pullers, um, if those two become significantly imbalanced as far as their strength, their stiffness, their flexibility, um, you will develop postural issues when you get older. So, um, it's kind of like, you know, uh, swimmers um, or carpenters. They are notorious for, you know, having overdeveloped, um, maybe not overdeveloped, but overused chest muscles. So they get a lot tighter. And so they develop postural issues because of that, because they aren't using their back nearly as much. Um, so it's just like nature of the job or the sport or whatever. They certainly, um, there, there are other examples as well, but those are two of the big ones that I remember from this is back in like, you know, personal training certification days. Um, so women who have had uh, implant surgery, I think it's, it's definitely beneficial to do some chest work, direct chest work, but usually like as, as like an opening movement on another day. Like, okay, let's do um, a little bit of light pressing just to engage and activate the muscle a little bit, and then let's move on to shoulders or something like that. So that, that falls into the same category of like, you know, injuries. Like if you've, had, if you've had a lot of knee surgeries, maybe a whole bunch of leg extensions aren't the best idea for you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, outside of that, so that's why I say, you know, a normal woman and a normal man, 
um, can absolutely train the same way. So notwithstanding any kind of injury, surgery, or anything like that, there's no reason for any differences in training like that. Another area where I get a lot of feedback <laughs> is, is specifically with glute, exes, glute exercises from guys. Um, guys don't want to do Bulgarian split squats. They don't want to do barbell hip thrusts. They don't want to do plie squats. They don't want to do wide stance leg press. They certainly don't want to do Jefferson squats. Um, so much of this stuff. And part of it is because, okay, well, some of these things are uncomfortable. Hello, they're supposed to be. That's kind of why we do them. And um, as I have found many times, the more you avoid something, the more you suck at it. And the way to get better at it is to do it more and don't expect yourself to be a beast at it right out of the gate. So just suck it up, start easy, focus on good quality form and do it. Um, but the main reason why guys don't want to do that, I mean, yeah, they're, they're difficult, but they're also, um, they're seen as girl exercises for whatever reason. I mean, certainly I think women just embrace exercises like that. I mean, they, women, you know, they, they go into the gym and they want to build a booty guys go into the gym. They want to build a chest. Great. So you, you don't find a lot of women who love to bench press. You don't find a lot of guys who want to do hip thrusts all day long. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't. That doesn't mean like a bench is just a guy's exercise or a hip thrust is just a women's exercise. Um, what works for one works for the other. So don't avoid those things. In fact, guys, I tell you what, one of the most useful things you could probably do is find a good glute workout and just go through it just to experience it. Not that it's something that you need to do regularly, but all of those things will be good for you. And if it's a lot of exercises you haven't done before, boy, you are going to feel it. And you're going to, I mean, it, it's a good way to get better at certain things too. So, um, glute engagement and activation is really hard. And so, you know, the, the women specifically like bikini competitors who really, really develop their glutes well, they really focus on a lot of activation movements, um, which a lot of that's just body weight. It's nothing super fancy or super heavy, but it does make them more efficient than at moving some weight. So, you know, a, a lot of guys, they're very nip, uh, uh, knee dominant um, on their squats. Maybe they get some good um, hip engagement as well, but it's a lot of hamstrings, not a lot of glutes. So um, if you really focus on developing your glutes and activating them, learning how to engage them better through doing some of these exercises, it'll be then easier to recruit them when it comes time to use them for the heavy compounds, like your squats, like your sumo deadlifts. So if you want to get better at those lifts, there you go. It's another reason to hit glutes directly. So at the end of the day, the big story is there's no reason to avoid any of this stuff unless you have injury, surgery, some other reason like that to do so. Otherwise, Men and women, we're, we're a lot more in common than you might think. You know, one of us might be from Mars and the other one might be from Venus, but we both train at, uh, I was going to make some kind of pun there like Planet Fitness, but that's not true. Um, <laughs> we, we can though, and we can all do the same stuff. Just nothing with a barbell apparently if you're there. So um, yeah, moral of the story, um, go, go out of your comfort zone. So guys, pick up some of those movements, you know, do some Bulgarians. And if you don't do them regularly, you're going to realize, holy crap, I suck at this. And guess what? You've just exposed a weakness. And now you've got something to add to your list of things to fix. And maybe you didn't get up on stage last time and look at your photos and think, man, I really need to bring my glutes up. But you know what? Probably wouldn't kill you. And Women, next time you go to the gym, uh, go to the bench press station and grab that bar and press that sucker up and see how it feels. And I know these days, I think women are a little ahead of the curve. Like I see a lot more 
women stretching their comfort zone and really pounding a lot of that upper body stuff than I do guys really getting creative with the lower body stuff. Certainly, you know, guys, I'm not just ragging on you, but you know, we're, we're a little behind the curve. I think women are typically a little ahead of us. So, um, anyway, there you go. I've, I've rambled on enough, but I did want to touch on that at least. I know it's kind of a basic level concept, but still I think it's worth, um, Anything that I can throw at you that maybe challenges some of your perspectives a little bit, I think is worth it. So um, the the other thing that I would leave you with, and I, I mentioned this on the Bulgarians, is think about and identify what your weaknesses are. And for me, um, my big my big weakness is hamstrings. Like I and and it's not so much when it comes to development, but as far as you know, getting them to respond and feel like they're really getting worked during training. I mean, I, I understand what it feels like to get a burn in the hammies, but as far as really pushing them effectively, um, I feel like I've still got a fair bit to learn about that, and I'm working on it every day now. Like when I do seated leg curls, I can do them a little bit differently, adjust my tempo here and there, adjust my position in the seat just a little bit, and then I feel them engaging a little bit differently, hold that squeeze a little bit longer, force a stretch between reps, go a little bit slower on the concentric, go heavier, go lighter. Same thing on line leg curls, and then you get into uh, hinge movements like an RDL, just trying to make everything a little bit better. But identify your weaknesses and then work to fix them. Seek some feedback in helping fix them. Um, and sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll get people that are just genetically blessed and they've got great hamstrings even though they don't know how to train them. Um, so just because a body part is really strong on you doesn't mean that you can't make it better by learning how to train it even better. More commonly, though, um, it's the muscle groups that lag behind. Uh, they, they lag behind because they're not getting trained as effectively as others. There's a, a mind-muscle connection that's lacking. Recognizing that is the big thing. And then um, getting some some quality input and advice on what you can do about fixing that is the next step. So um, that's what I got. So I will probably be back as early as tomorrow um, with a follow-up. Um, I've got a chest workout tomorrow, cardio in the morning, etc. I won't bore you with all the details on that. It's going to be fine. Um, so we'll just get right into it tomorrow with whatever we've got. So uh, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Thank you for that. And if there's anything uh, anything you'd like to hear me discuss on here, let me throw out the whole spiel here. So if you've heard this before, this is where you hit next episode or just go on to whatever's next. But um, email me directly, Darren at 5starfitness.com. You can go to the website, 5starphysique.com, and see everything I've got there. Um, or just head on over to thedropset.com, um, which spoiler alert, that's a page at fivestarphysique.com. But the URL is much easier, thedropset.com. Um, and then you can see everything related to the show up there, including our call-in number, which my voicemail box has cobwebs growing all over it. Nobody is calling me. I feel so alone and so desperate for attention. The last time I really called out for, for attention like this, people called in. So I'm just going to I'm just going to be pathetic here and beg. So please, I want to do a Q&A segment, but I need some cues to be able to deliver some A's. So the number is 865-518-2974. If you go to thedropset.com, do it on your phone right now, thedropset.com. Scroll down. That number is right there. On your phone, you can actually click on it, and it's going to call that number. And it probably won't even ring, but it will go to my voicemail box, and uh, you can leave a message. And I'll play your message here, and we'll go over your questions. So, Or if you just wanted to say something like, hey, Darren, I listened to your podcast. You're a real dumbass. And guess what? I'll play that too. That's how desperate I am. You want to roast me on my own podcast? I will let you. 
you. There you go. Open invitation. Bring it. I can take it. Instagram at Darren underscore star. Twitter at Darren star. Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, five star physique. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. I'll catch up with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.